0: all right welcome <laughs> to today's uh podcast and podcast this episode 13 uh i'm your host ian and as always with me is courtney hello we are going to be talking about uh the last episode of mandalorian it's the second to last episode for the season and then uh shazam uh fury of the gods
1: that's on hbo max that's
0: uh, not it's not on oh. H- hbo max i rented it. Oh. oh you rented it <laughs> no
1: i thought it was on HBO it doesn't max.
0: it doesn't hit streaming till like end of may oh but whatever. we'll tell you our thoughts on that whether or not you should bother watching it or not um as well as uh some video game stuff uh, we've got to play some ghost Warrior tokyo some mm-hmm. other news and video games like suicide squad and we'll talk about some upcoming TV shows that are coming uh, up, and some of our thoughts on it. TV shows, and movies, stuff like that. But
1: cat just flipped the other cat over.
0: We will, uh, <laughs> as the cats are done wrestling, we will uh, jump right into the Mandalorian. So this week, uh, basically, uh, after the Bo- Bo-Katan got the Mandalorians all to kind of unite, they're off to go and.
1: It's funny that. You have to go uh unite all the Mandalorians. It's just two groups that we see. Just yeah,
0: two Mandalorians. Two groups. groups which Moth Gideon seems to think, oh, they're at, they hate each other. It's like they never really showed animosity to each other, they're just like, oh, you guys are zealots and, and crazy people and we're not with you. They weren't like at war with each other. Yeah. Although Moth Gideon thought they were for some reason, which is weird. Um
1: again, you know, this whole season was mostly filler and could have been tightened up better to show that more animosity against each other or something i don't
0: know yeah but basically I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> they, the Mandalors are finally going back to mandalore but what we do find out is from uh, moth gideon uh that there's a secret council of imperial officers planning something we don't know what it is probably uh,
1: first order stuff yeah
0: we are introduced to uh hux's father mm-hmm. who is one of the head people here and out of like the group of like seven or eight of these Imperial officers who are still, like, secretly keeping the Empire alive or whatnot, um, he is one of the top two people because they were... Mothgatian was complaining about how everybody is struggling to keep their sectors up and running or keep their projects going, and him and this other guy have all the resources. Uh, So, basically, Mothgatian is asking for more resources, like backup for his fire squadrons, and then... Some uh, Praetorian Guards, which are the Red Guards in The Last Jedi.
1: That we see. That
0: we see uh, Rey and Kylo Ren fight at the the end of that movie. Well,
1: slaughter, basically. Like, they didn't really put up much of a fight against them. Yeah,
0: but those are the two that we... The only other time we've seen them is we've seen them protect uh, Snoke and try and kill Rey and Kylo Ren, and they fail miserably at it. Um, But they're supposed to be pretty badasses. But basically... mandalorians show up Mandal- on mandalore mm-hmm. they're looking for their forge uh the ac- great forge they actually run into people who never left the planet who actually just survived the bombardment and kind of hid i'm assuming these are characters that you probably know from rebels if you've watched that or um the cartoon series that had bo katan in it where she lo- where she had the dark saber originally um I'm sure some of those characters are references to those people there. I don't know who they are because I never watched the Rebels or the cartoons. Um, But basically, they show up and they're like, okay, cool, we actually know where the Great Forge is. We'll take you there. Um, So a group of, like, Bo-Katan's Mandalorians and then uh, Din Djarin's uh, Mandalorians and the Forge Master are are there to go and find this Forge. They're going to be led the way out on the skiff. But well, for some reason, like they obviously see this giant monster like
1: coming out, coming of out of the, of the ground, and yeah. then
0: they don't turn oh, to avoid it. They basically turn into it for some reason. Yeah,
1: it was like you have plenty of time <clears throat> to stop, turn around, and go another way. But it's like, nope, we're going to headlong into this thing. Have a couple people die from it. That
0: yeah. So can- like they get their their numbers get even reduced smaller because they got a bunch of injured. So then the forge master takes the injured back to the uh, fleet that's up in orbit. Um, while Bo-Katan, Din Djarin, and a few other people uh, from both sides continue on.
1: Oh, aren't you missing, like, the greatest thing before they go to uh, <coughs> Mandalore?
0: What?
1: Uh, Grogu gets a suit. Well, oh, that's right. Grogu...
0: <laughs> it seems kind of weird because, like...
1: Oh, it's so stupid.
0: <laughs> so when Bo-Katan and Din Djarin go back to Navarro, where mm-hmm. the other Mandalorians have decided to like, kind of settle... <coughs> To convince him to go to Mandalore. Mandalore uh, what's his <laughs> name? The magistrate shows up with IG-11. Um, Carl Weathers.
1: Yeah, I'm like, just call him Carl yeah. Weathers. See, that's he, all we know yeah, him.
0: <laughs> he, he shows up with IG-11, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. Basically the IG-88 looking a droid. Which is basically being completely gutted by the uh, Boba bu- Fret characters.
1: Yeah, the little... Uh, I,
0: I, yeah, and it's basically yeah, turned it basically turned into a, a Gundam for Grogu to sit in and walk around. So now Grogu has With
1: buttons that say yes no, and no. Yeah, yes, all Grogu no. can say
0: now is yes and no, and then he can grab shit and do whatever he wants because he has this giant suit that he gets to walk around, and so he's the same height as everybody else. Kind of pointless because Grogu could get around already by himself. He knows how to use the Force to jump around and and do acrobats. So it's like. He doesn't really need a mobility droid.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: or a mobility Gundam suit. So, and it's also like the thing has no weapons, as far as we know, on it. So it's like he can just run around, grab shit, and then say yes and no. <laughs> and basically, I think it was just put there for comedic effect. So one, they can sell the toy. Yeah, Grogu- it's 100%. To toy.
1: Like, you have a little Grogu toy? Well, here's this. Probably a $99 accessory to put him in. Or an
0: action figure with him in the IG-11 yeah. thing to just to sell a toy. It's kind of like the um, fluorescent-colored Vespas in yes. Bo- Boba, uh, Book, Book of Boba Fett. That were like, these don't fit the scene at all of Tatooine. And all the times we've seen Tatooine, nothing's been brightly colored or anything else. Everything's yeah. been like desert-colored, beat down, and kind of makes sense for like desert travel. Gathered. And then there's these bright colored Vespas that were put in there just so they could sell a toy. Which didn't sell. Yeah, which nobody wanted. Um, so this basically felt like they are just selling a toy. So Grogu has this joy that he can run around in, which, it's again, is stupid. pointless. He's it just in it. stupid. Um, but it's a way that they can have Jin and everybody run around and fight and not have to worry about, hey, where's Grogu at? Is he which- getting stepped on?
1: Which he had his little pod that floated up to waist level and then it closed to protect him.
0: Yeah, which you could have been... I would have been fine with staying in the pram.
1: Yeah. Um, I like the little pod pram. So
0: basically, again, they all go into Mandalore. They run into a giant land monster thing. They injure people. They have to go underground to escape it. They end up going further. They're almost at the forge. So they go further underground to find out that the Empire... Uh, had you know, spread rumors that Mandalore is poisoned. This, it's been completely destroyed because they're using it for something. And then basically, we find out that Moth Gideon is the biggest wannabe Mandalorian in the world because yeah.
1: it's, biggest it's, cosplayer of Mandalore. Yeah, like
0: he so wants to be a Mandalorian, and just, and if somebody said no, you can't, and kicked him out, and so now he's just stealing all their shit. Yeah, because it looks like he comes out with like made new Beskar armor for himself. Yep, he made the helmet look like um, the Forge Master's helmet,
1: which the f- Forge Master luckily didn't see because she probably would have ripped his head off. Yeah, it's
0: really weird that he had done that, and then he wants the Dark Saber back, which uh,
1: that's not going to. happen. That's not going to
0: happen. But basically, they capture Dinjarin, and he thinks he's got all the Mandalorians captured and cornered. Uh, Bogaton uses the Dark Saber to get out, like how any Jedi does with a metal, with a blaster. You put the sword through the door and cut a hole in it,
1: and gets a uh, majority of yeah. the Mandalorians that were left with them out except for the guy that runs the big uh, machine gun yeah the he guy stays from, behind to buy him more time to escape
0: yeah and then like he fight he ends up fighting the praetorian guards that he yeah. that Dothi which there's four of them those three
1: just three or three whatever
0: <laughs> yeah and they, and they fuck him up fairly badly, but he continues fighting so like the guy took a lot of like stabs and hits with uh, their weapons and was still going but yeah. they finally dropped them but it was clear, like three verse one with their weapons, which were kind of, they're not blades, but they're not lightsabers. They're one of those weapons that can, that can hold up against a lightsaber, but.
1: And can go through Veskar. Uh,
0: <clears throat> yeah, because they kept, they stabbed him like three or four times before he finally went down. Yeah. Um, and stabbed him like in vital plates like the neck, the kidneys, the, lo- the lungs and all that stuff before he finally went down. Um,
1: I mean, that's if, that's where those <clears throat> things are. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, the, so all that leaves us is that now Doth, Doth Gideon is, or Moth Gideon is going to be uh, sending his fleet of of uh, interceptors and bombers after the Mandalorian fleet that's in orbit. He's going to try and kill the Mandalorians that are in his base. We don't know exactly what they're doing other than I, we, I think my guess is that he's been using the Great Forge to, uh, and the resources on Mandalore to make Beskar armor. And make basically his own, like, kind of clone be- uh, Mandalorian troopers that he has. Yeah. Um, we're assuming they're clones because he has a bunch of clones in, in
1: you see cases the tanks. As, as the tanks as yeah. he walks
0: by a hallway. So we're assuming he, the whole point of the cloning stuff with uh, Grogu in the beginning was his obsession is he's taking trying to take the best uh, attributes of everything, like from Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, and try and put it all in one thing and try to make himself the strongest being in the universe somehow. But... He also just comes off as like, man, you wanted to be a Mandalorian <laughs> so much and you couldn't, so now you're just being a bitch about it.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> um, and doing a very poor job at it. So next week is going to be the finale. finale of the season, which John Favreau says, hey, says yeah, it will be worthwhile or whatnot. I don't know how long it's going to be. Whether it, I'm assuming it's probably close to an hour or not. Like a I would episode. hope so,
1: because they need a wrap. Because
0: Dinjarin is up. captured. The Mandalorians are running around the Imperial base. The fleet, the Mandalorian fleet's about to get take about to get attacked by which has the Forge master up there now. Yeah, and all the injured, so it's gonna be like a full out battle between Mandalorians and the Empire in this next episode, which should be pretty entertaining to see. Um, hopefully, it will be the end of um uh Mo- Moff Gideon. Um, but the other thing that they did reference to, which uh makes sense why they dropped the Ahsoka trailer when they did, was that. The Soga trailer references the heir to the Empire, which is a character from Rebels. Um, I don't remember the, I don't know if the character's name, because I never watched Rebels, but it's but I know he's like the Admiral in the white uniform mm-hmm. uh with the green skin. That's who they're all talking about. And they mentioned him in that meeting with Moth Gideon and the other heads of uh the gang of the first order, basically. And basically the two two hey guys are like, hey yeah, we're preparing everything for this guy to take over and is like well he's not here He's no he's not in this meeting if he if he's still fucking alive where is he give me my resources so i can continue doing what i need to do mm-hmm. and that's how he basically kind of takes control of that whole session and gets what he wants out of it um but basically that's connecting this to ahsoka um which will be Saturday. coming in august yeah <laughs> And then we'll see what happens with the other new shows that are coming out, with like the Acolyte, which is pro- I believe is before that's supposed to be High Empire. Yep. but there's gonna be other stuff that's gonna be in the different eras of like the first, the rise of the First Order, and everything else that's coming on. Uh, introducing Hux's father was interesting, um, callback to that character considering he was like the leader, like. Not the leader, but I guess
1: he was a very high up in the uh, first order. Yeah,
0: because the first order was basically Snoke, Kylo Ren, and then Hux, and like Hux was the one running all the people. Yeah, Kylo yeah. Ren's basically like the number two, but he's basically off doing his own thing, and then Snoke is running the whole whole thing, or Palpatine's running the whole thing through Snoke, whatever that super clone concept was that in Skywalker. Well, we don't need Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, that was really stupid. But basically. Hux is really far up there and it kind of shows because his father is high up in rebuilding the uh, empire as it is now, now too. So, um, we'll have to see where that goes. Um, I don't think this would be the end of the Mandalorian or at the end of this sh- season.
1: Well, we'll find out, but.
0: It'd be really, I don't it, think they're going to kill them all, kill off Din Djar, but I don't, but basically a lot of people are saying like the star of the show has changed. It's no longer Din Djarin. It's. Bo-Katan is the Mandalorian. Yeah. And not him and Grogu. Um, It'd be interesting if it just turns into, like, hey, Grogu gets, we see Grogu getting older and, like, actually getting his armor and becoming a Mandalore. Um,
1: But that will take centuries.
0: Yeah, unless they keep him in this IG-11 Gundam suit that he's wearing. Stupid suit. Yeah, it's really dumb. It's not, it's, it was literally just there for a comedic effect so that he, you can have a rebellious Grogu telling Din Djarin no. Starting to become
1: a teenager.
0: Yeah, that's basically all it was there for, which, honestly, like, these are the type of things that people say, like, hey, Disney's getting their hands into shit. Yeah. It's like this, because, like, it serves no purpose. There's no need for him to have it. We already know that Goku's powerful enough to fight on his own.
1: We've seen him use the Force. Yeah, he's used the Force. He's
0: used Mandalorian weapons before. We know that he can take care of himself. So it's like, we don't need to put him in a A Gundam suit. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) ridiculous. So I'll just see where that goes from there. Um,. The other stuff that we watched this week, we watched, like I said, uh, Shazam, uh, Fury of the Gods. Yes. Um, I find it interesting that I guess the people who have not been fired from DCU, I think is Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Shazam.
1: I thought Gal Gadot was re- going to be replaced.
0: Maybe she is. I don't know for sure. I'm I know that Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill is out, yep. uh, Ben Affleck's out, yep. um, they're keeping Ezra Miller because they need the Flash movie supposedly to well, reset the universe.
1: Well, it's just for this movie, and then I think they're cutting ties with him.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it'd still be like, dude, you you had you made you took the time to make a Batgirl movie, which regardless of if we needed a Batgirl movie or not, I'm not saying that I was excited to go see that movie at all. But it's like you made a whole movie in the can, ready to go, and then you scrapped it, and then you're gonna keep a movie that has a sh- has an actor who's been nothing but shit in the public eye. And you're gonna promote that like crazy because you need that film to reset your universe. The DCU has just completely fucked up their storytelling. Yeah. And then like
1: I, mean, <clears throat> I almost wanna just scrap it all together and just start anew and pretend like, oh, that's world you know, world one forty eight or whatever.
0: Or just ignoring or ignore something completely. New, yeah. Um they have cast a new Superman, it's a no name actor. Um mm-hmm. Basically, the people who make, I believe, um, pure arts rec- replicas. Yes. One of their, like, um, I want to say it was like their social media guy who was also an actor. He got cast as Superman. I have no idea who he is. Don't know what type of Superman they're going to they're gonna make. I feel like it's like casting a Superman for a WB show. Nobody cares who that person is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's all going to depend on the performance and the writing of what they bring to it. Because, I mean, Tom Welling did a good job as it in Smallville. But, like, because he brought the character from an era that we never really saw before to adulthood. Yeah. Henry Cavill did a good job being, like, a new Superman to Earth with not knowing whether or not he should help out or should and how the Superman interact with the world around him. Mm-hmm. That was done well. To cut of, like, keep Shazam, which, honestly, the Shazam movie, Fear of the Gods, was definitely not as good as the first one. Yeah. Um Very, very predictable. Like throughout the whole movie, we were calling out exactly what was going to happen next because it was very obvious what was happening. Um, so the writing was not great, there was nothing really surprising about it. And honestly, Zachary Levi playing like a man child again is kind of meh, especially for when the character's supposed to be about almost 18. 18, he's like five months from being 18. And yet he's still talking like a man child.
1: Well, he's still talking like he's thirteen, and it's like, <clears throat> no, yeah, it's like he this... would be a, a bit more mature, and he wouldn't be making like that many jokes.
0: That many jokes day- or that many mistakes. The mistakes are the anxieties he have. I can understand having those with like how the family's not like really sticking together. The one uh, brother or friend wants to like basically do his own thing, and keeps calling Tristan his sidekick. It's like, well, dude, he's the one that give you your powers. Why are you talking down to him?
1: Yeah, he could <clears throat> probably take him away from you.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like the family dynamic was interesting and was good, but it's, like I said, it was very predictable. of Everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the villains were okay. I mean, Helen Mirren always does a good job. Lucy Liu did a good job, but again, it was very predictable. Um, they did a kind of a, a twist on the on the whole unicorn thing, where unicorns are not beautiful, pretty, majestic creatures. They're supposed to be the most terrifying monster in the monster universe that all the monsters were afraid of.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, their teeth were quite...
0: quite Yeah, but apparently they like Skittles, so, and they had to put a huge... Everyone
1: loves Skittles, Ian, come on.
0: They had to put a big Skittles ad in there of Taste the Rainbow. Well,
1: they gotta make, you know, have some money for a movie to be made.
0: But that was, like, the most... That was, like, really blatant product placement to, like, wow, you really took a lot of money from the Mars Company huh? to get skittles
1: it's just like reese's pieces and et i would suppose but you know what in
0: reese's pieces and et they don't say the catchphrase Oh, well,
1: what's what is reese's pieces catchphrase
0: they always say the name of somehow or well, something what's the reese's pieces catchphrase it. i don't know off the top yeah of my head. see
1: they don't have one skittles they used has to back in the day oh
0: bull but like the fact that she had to say say taste the rainbow taste just like they, the rainbow just like they do the commercials was, was, <laughs> it was bad it so
1: stupid. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, so this is my understanding is it's supposed to go to streaming like HBO Max and stuff like on the 28th of May.
1: It's, it's definitely a, a stream. It's movie. available
0: on Xbox Video and like all the streaming services now to, to buy or to or rent. rent. Definitely not worth a purchase. Not even worth renting at $20. It's so I would wait for a streaming service to watch it. Yeah, um,
1: that's why I thought it was on streaming service. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it was. I was hoping to be better because I heard like some good things about it. Um, there's there's the a big controversy that like Black Adam wasn't there for the end credits uh, sequence mm-hmm. where they brought Gal Gadot instead for that, um, which was which kind of was fine, fine it made f- made sense. Um, that's why I'm surprised if they brought her in there. Maybe she's not fired from the. M- uh, but from this the DC. was also
1: uh, filmed before all the changes. Yeah. So because um, the changes started happening when they were in the editing phase of this movie, okay. I believe.
0: And then the final end credit sequence is a kickback to Peacemaker and um, the Suicide Squad. Yep. Of them coming to recruit Shazam for the Justice Society, which was in the Black Adam movie, and Justice Society looks fucking stupid, and they were annoying, and like there are characters that you didn't care about. Um, the only notable one was, um, I guess the Hawk guy and Dr. Fate, but like, mm-hmm. didn't really care about them either. And the fact that like, there's some rumors going on that like the Rock refused to do a cameo in Shazam, uh, even though Black Adam is supposed to be Shazam's villain. So it's like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, they decided to kind of build back up where they're going with the Mark Strong character and the Caterpillar. Yeah. Which I don't know anything about. Those villains at all, um, but basically, it's a mediocre movie. We uh, didn't do the DCU very well. The DCU is putting all their all their eggs in the basket of the Flash movie, which I don't know if it's gonna do well in the theaters. I think the only, the only thing that's gonna drop people to the theaters is the fact that Michael Keaton's in it as Batman, which is kind of cool. And I'll watch it on streaming because of that, but I don't think I would pay any money for it just because Ezra Miller is a piece of shit.
1: Yeah. I think that's going to keep a lot of people out from the theaters to see it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to support his work. Yeah. So they should probably just drop it on streaming, cut their losses with it and just move on with their plans. No, with Tim Gunn's whole
0: thing is that that's resetting the universe because he's going to do something to create the multiverse or whatnot. And then they can reset it with whatever they think works there's a new Penguin show that's coming to HBO that's in production now that's based off of the Penguin from the last Batman movie, which honestly, we thought that Batman movie was trash because Batman no, wasn't wasn't that. smarter than the Riddler, which is stupid. Batman's supposed to always outsmart the Riddler, not yeah. fucking lose to the Riddler, and that Batman movie, he basically loses, and then the it looks like this Penguin show might take place after all those events. Um, but But Penguin wasn't even an interesting character in that movie to begin with. So it's like,
1: he was like, he wasn't even like a big boss character in there either.
0: No, his big scene is the, is the scene where the Batman jumps through the explosion for no apparent reason. Yeah. It's really, I honestly, that, that Batman movie was fucking terrible and I hated it. Um,
1: stop, don't do another one. And I'm
0: sure that the new Joker movie is going to roll into his DCU as well. Where they have Lady Gaga how. playing Harley Quinn, which honestly, I don't care for that one either, because the Joker is not a character you should sympathize with. with him having Or met celebrate some, with, or, or
1: have him with someone. Yeah, as much
0: as people love that movie, again, we haven't seen it, so I can't really judge whether it's good or bad. My whole concept for not seeing it, though, is that the Joker is not a character that you sympathize with. He's mm-hmm. supposed to be chaotic and and an anarchist not like oh look you had mental health issues and the system failed him i completely relate to that you don't want to relate to the joker he's a bad guy regardless of anything he does
1: yeah he has never been a uh anti-hero either mm-hmm. like harley quinn has been
0: yeah and harley quinn's a much better character without after she leaves the joker Versus when she's with him. So seeing Harley Quinn meet the Joker for the first time in this next movie doesn't interest me at all either. And Le- the fact that Lady Gaga's playing her is more of a gimmick than anything else because Margot Robbie has pretty much done the quintessential Harley Quinn that we all know from our first introduction from her in the animated series. So, yeah. That's the DCU stuff. Shazam, The Creator <laughs> of the Gods, really not worth watching. Um, like I said, watch it when it comes out and streaming at the end of May or so. Um hmm. Next big thing is uh,
1: Well, you wanna stick with the DC universe and talk about uh, the, the the delay of uh, Justice Oh yeah kill and, the and justice. And so like
0: yeah, we'll start some of the game, game stuff off with this is that Rocksteady, who's been known as like they've make really great games because they've made like they've made the best Batman games ever before. Arkham Asylum came out. Batman was known for having like the worst video games yes. ever made. They were either difficult, uh, very poorly made, um,
1: just a bland,
0: bland mechanics. Former. Like they're not very good. They didn't. They didn't capture the essence of Batman. Arkham Asylum did that very well. Arkham City elevated it even more with giving you a small city, and then Arkham Knight gave you the entire city of Gotham to explore and drive the Batmobile. You got to do everything but fly the Batjet.
1: Well, what about the Bat-Sub? You didn't get the Bat-Sub either.
0: <laughs> or the shark repellent. Damn it. <laughs> but hey, they have been the, making the, the best Batman games there. Everybody was really excited for their rumored Superman game that they're working on, but d- the WB squashed that and said, no, you can't, you're can't. you not going to make that. So they've been working for the past nine years on Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, which sounded like a really cool, fun game where like, hey, uh, you play it as one of like any of the One
1: of the four... Uh- Suicide Squad members that they picked out, which was
0: Harley Quinn, King Shark, King Shark, Deadshot, and Captain uh, Captain Boomerang. Boomerang. So that'd be cool. Hey, you could play by yourself or play with your friends and 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 co-op multiplayer through the story of the Justice League fighting uh, or Suicide Squad going up against Brainiac who has brainwashed the justice league into all into villains basically having to go and try and kill superman or whatnot which sounds very interesting and fun but then they displayed some gameplay of it a few months ago which everybody hated because it turned into a looter shooter uh, game just like Avengers or like any other uh, live service game, which mm-hmm. recently all the live service games have been failing and being shut down. Avengers is going to get shut down. There's some games that came out last year that haven't even lasted six months that are being shut down that are live service games because people are not spending their money on continuous microtransactions in those titles. And what's weird is that because the one company who has done it kind of right but kind of wrong is Bungie with Destiny. Like yeah. The problem with Destiny is that they've deleted all the whole content. You can't play Destiny 2 as it was when it first came out.
1: Which I really like the opening of Destiny 2.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Where you're
1: going through the valley and then the crescendo of the, the music, music yeah. swelling. It's beautiful. It was very well done.
0: But they lost all that. But
1: the, Yeah, now you can't experience and, that. And
0: the flip side <laughs> is that you can kind of understand that because... With all the content that they've added, if they kept all the old content, this game would be like 200 gigs or so. And that would eat up so much space on everybody's consoles or PCs that they would not be able to maintain. You'd literally have to have one full terabyte drive probably just for this one game. Yeah. But they had the plan that, hey, Destiny was going to be like a 10-year project. Destiny 1 didn't really pan out that well because they had a bunch of issues with uh, how they told the story there. Destiny 2, though, is panning out to be that, where yeah. every year they're coming out with, like, all right, here's the next season. It's a big, huge story pack. People are paying $100 to $60 for this next expansion, uh, like clockwork, to run through all the gambits of stuff that, the- <coughs> that they offer. They've and then built- whatever
1: the season pass stuff's going to be.
0: Yeah, and they've built a live service that people are buying into, and they have their fan base that are going to continually keep giving them money very successful. Yeah. But when you look at things like Halo Infinite was supposed to be a ten year game, <laughs> all they've done is a battle pass to buy cosmetics, which nobody cares about.
1: Hey, 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 and hey. come out you with- leave those uh cat ears <clears throat> alone.
0: Yeah, what one cosmetic <laughs> that everybody bought, but like the, they don't have a lot of map expansions. like in Oh, this
1: there's zero map <clears throat> expansions. Let's be fucking honest on that one.
0: Like, they've added a couple maps, but so they're not interesting. They've oh. added a really boring story that's not interesting because it doesn't make sense with how they set up their story, so they oh, had no also, idea where they're going with oh, it. Also,
1: at launch, you couldn't play the main story with another person like you could with the other games. It was so stupid.
0: And then they cut that feature completely, so they're yes. not even going to make it. So, Halo Infinite completely oh. fucked it up, um, and then uh, like I said, Avengers kind of uh, screwed the pooch there too. There were, everybody was fine kind of with the single-player game except for the fact that they didn't bother to do anything to make the gameplay different enough for each character. So there wasn't like a pathway through a level for the Hulk to do that's different than what Black Widow or Spider-Man or Iron Man or any of the other characters would go through. They, the, the path to complete was always the same. Which is what Justice League looks like because one of the biggest complaints of that gameplay demo was like, "Oh yeah, Captain Boomerang, do you remember his his super weapon, which was the shotgun? Yeah. Because all everybody's doing here is using guns and and shooting shit. Nobody's seems to be using any ability that's particular to them, except for like maybe once or twice using a super that works with their with their gimmick. Yeah. Um. But basically, all the characters then basically look and feel the same they're all sh- they're all just being a looter shooter and it all seems very um very boring and nobody seems to like it they then pushed the game back and delayed it from last year to supposed to be coming out in May this year and then they just announced no we're delaying it till 2024 like February 2nd I think it's now the new date yep. Basically, um, I don't think anybody cares about this game anymore. And if they come out with it on February 2nd, they better hope it's a very dry season and there's nothing new out for pe- to get people to even be anywhere interested well, in that it. That
1: might be why they're pushing it out <clears> that far.
0: Yeah, but I mean, right now, May we're, the only thing competing with them in May is you have Fallen Order coming out at the very end of this month. Mm-hmm. And then what else is coming out in May? Um, I think there's some other games coming out. I don't know. I don't, can't think of them off the top of my head. But I don't think there's a lot of big... Uh, super games coming well, out
1: big triple a's because than- diablo
0: is coming out in june yes um and <laughs> the other big yes. game that was announced by ea it's not coming out till july so may would have been fine to release this title people would have been finished with uh jedi survivor uh, by the time this game would have come out like mid- and this would have mid- just been anime. a bridge
1: arc between that and diablo
0: yeah but Obviously, they don't have any idea how, what people want. They're going to, they're not, yeah. this nine month delay is not going to be them changing it from a live service to a better game. They're going to stick with the live service model. I don't see them doing any type of polish on this that's going to change anything majorly in the next nine months. Mm-hmm. So honestly, this game is going to be a flop. Kind of like if Starfield does not come out on September 6th, like they just announced, nobody's going to care about that game either. Yeah. for the most part, most people want to get to Starfield so that we know that they're working on Elder Scrolls 6. Because they weren't going to do that until after Starfield was done. Well, Starfield is done. Get the game out the door. Do what you're going to do to support that. And, hey, are you working on Elder Scrolls 6? Because everybody want...
1: wants fucking Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah.
0: I mean, if they made that game exactly like Skyrim, and uh, even though they're going to be using a new engine, doing a bunch of new stuff, people are going to love it because they love Skyrim. Skyrim's over they 20 love... years old and people are... Well, it's not that... 20
1: years old. Yeah. It's over 10 years. It came out in... Uh, 2011, 2011
0: sorry yeah over 10 years um but that <laughs>
1: by the time the <laughs> elder scroll skit six comes out it it might twenty, 20 years. years. yeah
0: so Jesus. people will love elder scrolls no matter what The has it sorry fan base starfield they'll see we'll have to see if it comes out as a polished game or if it's a broken piece of shit like a lot of games have been well lately. a
1: lot of times but <clears throat> when bethesda rolls out because remember when uh skyrim came out there was a lot of bugs and then when uh
0: did we run fallout in,
1: games there's a lot did of bugs. we run into
0: a lot of bugs our when we first played skyrim like right out of the gate i don't think so the games were more polished back then <laughs> fallout 4
1: I, I remember some of the dragons kind of going eh, 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 and i fell through a map a couple times
0: yeah but i would say yeah and then they fixed all that but i would say <laughs> when that game came out on 360 it was more polished than obviously uh fallout 76 was
1: Oh yeah,
0: which was their attempt at doing a, a MMO, which is which was terrible. They've kind of kind of fixed it now, but I don't. I think well, it only has. Its, if you want to compare apples base. to
1: apples, you would have to compare uh, it to Fallout New Vegas. That had a shit ton of bugs, but <clears> the story is what kept people in it.
0: Yeah, and, but I would say the thing is is that New Vegas and Skyrim are on two different engines, I believe. Mm-hmm. New Vegas was on that old engine um, that basically, if you got a ton of save, autosave files, it would slow down your game and break it. Yes. Um, and it had a ton of bugs, but people did definitely like the story. The story on that was written, though, by Obsidian, I think, and not yeah. uh, Bethesda. And then uh, people really love Skyrim. It had a good model to it. People were sucked into that game like crazy hopefully starfield does the same for people who are into sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. um but if it flops it's going to be bad for bethesda pretty sure suicide squad the justice league whether it's a good game or not it's been nine years since their last title when this game comes out that studio is probably going to uh, go to bankruptcy or fold
1: yeah just like uh bioshock infinites
0: uh uh irrational studio. games rational yeah. games thank yeah, you because like that was a beloved game. That came out to good re- critical review. It was seven years between Bioshock 2 and Bioshock Infinite, but as soon as it uh, launched and was successful, Kevin Levine shut down that studio. It was too expensive to run it. Yep. And then he went off to make some other games, maybe mobile games. Or maybe he has, they have, his new studio hasn't even come out with the game. I don't know. Um, haven't, I've only heard Kevin Levine's name been mentioned again when people are talking about Bioshock Infinite. So obviously mm-hmm. he hasn't come out with anything else that's been... Super stellar, like what Irrational Games was was doing. Yeah, and they had a seven year break between their last two hits. It's been nine years since um, Arkham Knight, mm-hmm. which was Rocksteady's last hit, and which was a really good focused single player uh, Batman story. And now they're going to do another comic book story, but they're trying to make it multiplayer and a live service, with probably no plan of how to do new seasons or new chapters. Which honestly, with a comic book game, it should be fucking easy. It's a comic book. You take a comic book arc, you write, you make a game, make one season, uh, one section of that arc, and then the next season, the next section. So you get the story to continue going. So there's like some resolution, but not full resolution, and people are hooked and they keep buying your stuff. But exactly. obviously, they're not doing that. They're just trying to say, "Oh, here's our story. Okay, you finish the main game. The end game is going to be re- repeating the main game's story quest over and over again with." Harder, vill- harder characters, or this and that, or a new game plus, like, if you're going to make a live yeah. service, treat it like a comic book series. They can't. Mm-hmm. They go on for fucking ever.
1: It's never ending. <laughs> and,
0: like, some people will stick with it from the beginning, end. like, people have done work with World of Warcraft or with Destiny, and some people will fall off of it, and then they'll jump back in later on when they see something that interests them, mm-hmm. and then maybe they'll get caught up, or maybe they'll, uh... Just uh,
1: start on the new thing.
0: Yeah, just like the new thing, or maybe they won't. Like... That's how comic book movies are going to be too. Like yeah. they're starting to get, they're starting to drain people. But it's going to be like people are going to fall off, and then some people are going to jump back into it. And there's mm-hmm. certain people who are going to stick through and watch every single one that comes out because they're watching the whole arc unfold. Yeah. Um, so we just got to see what happens there. But I guarantee, Rocksteady is going to go under after this because they've made no profit in almost a decade. And they're gonna come out with a game that probably That's is gonna not gonna flop. make any profit. And even if it even if it is super successful, and everybody ends up saying this game is great and you should buy it, and it does get great sales, they'll still go under because they're not gonna make enough money to recoup a decade worth, worth of, of paying yeah. developers and R and D and whatnot. Not unless they have like two or three other games that they've been working on in the background that are ready to come out soon too, that they can just drop.
1: Maybe it, they're like <clears throat> MOBA games that are just making money on the side. <laughs> you never know. Maybe. You never know. I
0: mean, I, they haven't come up with anything mobile or nothing. There's there's nothing out uh, from the studio whatsoever. So let mm-hmm. will see what happens. Like I said, I think they're going to fail. Um, other games we played this week was Ghostwire Tokyo. Yes. That was a game that came out on PlayStation a year ago and lost its exclusivity. So now it's on Xbox. Um, very interesting because when I watched like some of the videos from a year ago of people playing it for the first time, there are people ranting around how this game was a real good example of next-gen graphics, how it shows how well the PS5 uh, can render stuff, and I look at this as like, this game does not look like it's next-gen. There's no motion capture animations in here, The not everything's super smooth. What
1: about the rate tracing here? Yeah?
0: The rate tracing, it, it, <laughs> there's reflections regardless if you're on performance mode or quality mode, so like the reason why I play most games in performance mode is because it's smoother, 60 frames per second. Yeah, it's having a choppy, 30 frames when you go like when you do your horizontal like movement. But like this looks fine either way. The reflections looks fine. but like PC people probably get better um, quality out of ray tracing technology because they can tweak their systems where they have a high end video cards that can actually show a big quality difference. Because even yesterday, I was was jumping back and forth between quality and performance on Cyberpunk. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the reflections are still there. The shadows are still there. So what's the difference between these two modes? I'm not seeing a drastic difference. And even with the the Cyberpunk's brand new stuff that they came out with for high-end computers, you look at it, it's like...
1: It's very minor. It's so minor minor.
0: that, like, yes, some things look good, look better. Some things look the same. But, like... The fact that people are like, oh wow, this is like watching a real life like live action movie. It's like it doesn't no. look anything like that, dude. The, <laughs> no. the art style of how this game is set up doesn't look that way whatsoever. The mods, the mods you put out with this new ray trace, uh, path tracing technology, does not look like live action video whatsoever.
1: Yeah. <clears throat>
0: um,
1: but back to Ghostwire. But
0: yeah, back to Ghostwire Tokyo. It's I would say it's definitely a good game. Um, especially if you're into Japanese lore, folklore, and whatnot, because yes. they do explain every single like ghost yokai. creature that you fall across. Every single yokai has a long uh, Des- database description about what they are, where they come from, and why they are what they are. <clears throat> um, all the and en- ghost enemies, a lot of them will have shorter ones, such as like, hey, the Slender Man guys are the- supposed to be the salary people who are overworked. The businesswoman looking one is supposed to be the. Female business business uh, worker who gets ignored and has to deal with misogynistic men men all the time, like it's
1: like real life. So
0: like it's a bit. A lot of people have said it's a good satire, or not steam satire, but a good like representation of the cult of the culture Japanese culture that they have in downtown Tokyo, like Shibuya, in, in those areas where you've run into those types of types of people, right? But I would not say like this is the greatest example of next gen graphics. No, um, it's good. It plays <laughs> smooth. Um, yeah, the complaints that it's a big collect-a-thon. Yep, that's exactly what they did with this. Um, this being like their first open-world type game. It's go to basically a bunch of, t- uh, gates, which would be your Assassin's Creed towers to unlock the map, do a bunch of side quests if you choose to, or do the main quest. Um, pet all
1: the doggos.
0: Yep, pet all the doggos or, or do, or do, uh, give them food and whatnot. Um, you get benefits for doing everything, but I mean, it's not like you get penalized for not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um Basically, after you get all your powers in Chapter 2, you will have everything you need to complete the game. It's just a matter of, hey, do you want to upgrade it so it's uh, you're a little bit stronger better th- uh, with what you can do? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, like, the biggest thing everybody says that they like about this game have been the side quests. The side quests have been really interesting. Some are not where it's just like, hey, battle a bunch of ghosts. But some have, like, cool, interesting sto- little side bit stories of, like, people who are hoarding who's a hoarder who kept hoarding a bunch of stuff and, like, the ghost that like, was locked in his house. Uh, so the new stuff that they added is that there's a haunted school where you have to go through the oh, school. They no. um, say, I think... I, what I think... I haven't done that question yet, but I found an a, uh, artifact related to it where I found a butcher knife, which is like, hey, this is a knife used by a uh, serial killer who was in a high school. And I think I was supposed to relate to that story just uh. like I found a photo camera used by another murderer uh, in a case... Uh, that they kind of hint to as you read through the database. The thing is you have to read through the database to get all the good tidbits in this game. Uh-huh. Um, the other stuff that they added to it with the spider web uh, update is there's kind of like a roguelike where you get to... After you finish chapter two, you can then uh, go through this from the uh, main menu, and it's basically... Uh, I think there's like over 120 handcrafted levels that they've made. Wow. So it's not procedure generated. It's like you go in... And you'll have your main driller, which is kill everything, and uh, they'll they'll take you through boss fights and whatnot. And as you go through, you'll be you'll collect uh, money and items to buy and upgrade your skills. And then what will happen is when you die, you get to keep your upgraded skills. It's just your money that resets to zero. Mm-hmm. And then you just go as far as you can through the gauntlet. Um, so if you really like the gameplay action, you can play a lot of that. Um, to get even more practice at it the main story game is is done pretty well where ghost war II is like a horror game that's not super scary but it has a lot of those elements in there where you're walking around dark hallways and eerie areas they set up good story pa- lines for you but there's not gonna be a, like a lot of like super big jump scares that are gonna that are gonna freak you out yeah um but it's been a lot of fun to play it's on game pass i definitely recommend checking it out while it's there um, you'll get to play the uh, updated DLC stuff for free there as well. You don't have to uh, buy that. I would not buy the deluxe version. All the deluxe version is is new costumes for the main character to wear. And since you're it's a first-person game, you don't really see it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Except for, like, in cutscenes, And, like, the costumes, that you, you can all unlock like a ton of different outfits throughout the game as it is already. So it's not like you definitely need to pay extra so what, $17.99 for a deluxe update to it or buy the deluxe version for like 80 bucks. Yeah. Totally not worth it. Cause it's the deluxe version for the PlayStation when it came out originally came with like early access and then all the custom, all the uh, customized oh. costume uh, customizable stuff. Um, so the early access made it kind of worth, okay, you can play it like a week early. If you, if you buy it, fine, cool, do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of like Jedi survivor has a deluxe version and a regular version it's not worth buying the deluxe version unless you're a super huge Han Solo fan and Luke Skywalker. Because all it is is costumes and items from those guys. Yeah. There's no early access with it, no nothing. So, like, why pay $89.99 or, 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 or seventy nine ninety nine for a deluxe version that's yeah. just cosmetics?
1: You don't. <laughs> that's,
0: and those cosmetics will probably become either... Especially with Jedi Survivor, because what they did with Jedi Fallen Order was eventually the deluxe stuff was a free upgrade. Oh. So you eventually <laughs> just got it for free anyway, so why bother spending the ex- that so much extra money on the game for cosmetics, which, at least in Jedi Survivor, you'll see it, but like in Ghostwire Tokyo...
1: You won't see it. You'll
0: see it in the cutscenes, and that's it. And it's only going to be in the cutscenes after Chapter 2 that you'll start seeing that your character's wearing whatever you... Uh, the cosmetics that you find throughout the game. And even then, it's like, cool, he's wearing tech pants and Converse now, or he's wearing a Fallout jumpsuit. Big whoop. Yeah. Like, it doesn't add anything to the gameplay. Because, like, there's no benefits to these cosmetics. Like, hey, you get 10% more power. You...
1: Or you get a more shield. Yeah, or it,
0: it doesn't do anything. So it's not really worth it. Um, but the gameplay and the story stuff, like I said, if you're really interested in, to, in Japanese folklore
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, like, their yokai stuff, Ghostwire is a good experience for that. So i definitely say check it out on Game Pass. Um What's the other stuff we can talk about? Uh, Peter Pan. Oh. Yeah, so Disney no. Plus, I, we were kind of debating. We, I would have to look up, but it's either a movie or it's a TV show. It's a movie. It's a movie? Okay. So it's a it's movie. It's a movie. A new Peter Pan movie that's coming out, uh, starring Jude Law as, as, Cap- Hook. as Captain Hook. And then you have a bunch of kids, a uh, new kids playing Peter Pan and winning all and them. Yeah. But, like, there's been some hate about this, and some of it's been really stupid. Like, a lot of the race uh, switching of cast members. I think Peter Pan's, like, an Indian kid uh, in this, and uh, Tinkerbell's a black girl. But, like, that doesn't matter. The arguments about that stuff is stupid. Uh, The other big complaint, uh, I guess, is, like, I think Law looks terrible as Hook.
1: He looks so sickly. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look healthy at all or, like, in his prime or just getting Or menacing over over. at all. Or, yeah. He looks like a sickly old man. Shit. In the movie Hook. Um,
0: Dustin Hoffman. Dustin
1: Hoffman looked healthier. And he's supposed to be, like, s- super sickly and old compared to yeah. uh, older Peter Pan. Like, are they thinking with Hook being the sickly old man? That like, fights? yeah, the costume design for oh him is God.
0: terrible because it's like he has long, stringy hair. It just does not work. He doesn't look like a pirate no. at all. He just looks weird. Um, the Lost Boys is now a collection of of boys and girls, um, which I guess that's some people say that's Disney being woke and like trying to say like do uh, play gender politics. I would say kind of, if you're gonna make it. A, a, both genders they're lost children at that point which yeah that can kind of make sense but then there's a big story point where a whole reason why he he brings Wendy with him is because the lost boys were, were missing their mother so Wendy's there to play mother and like so how does that work when you have a bunch of girls that are there you're gonna say all these little kids that are girls identify as male yeah but they're supposed to be children like like six and up yeah so or like they don't worry care about gender, <sighs> gender politics at that age.
1: Yeah, like little girls, when when they're like four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, will play like, oh, I'm going to play mommy to my little doll or whatever. You know, it doesn't make sense in that aspect of calling them lost boys and having uh, girls in the lost boys well, to kind of,
0: me well it's kind of like that show pink ladies where it's like this takes place in the 50s yes oh my god, that the, drives me insane it's about the grease pink girl, pink ladies but like hey it's a it's a school that's not segregated and there's a bunch of different people of races uh there which are cool you're being diverse but guess what it's this 1950s nobody that school is an all-white school dude there's no reason there's no way black people or any other race would be uh, equally mixing accepted like and mixing that. Uh, in groups like that back then. It's oh. not to say that, Hey, things should be separated. The diversity is fine. But if you're going to update and make something more diverse, you got to set it in today's time period and not or in the, 1980s the
1: past. <clears throat> yeah. Or you got to set it in seventies. You to makes sense yeah. of why they're mixed And they're like, yeah, it's okay. We're cool with this.
0: So the Peter Pan thing, like I might check it out just to see where, where it goes. Um, honestly, I think the costume design looks terrible. Um, and that's also because, like, my idea of how Peter Pan works is that Peter Pan is supposed to be the Grim Reaper for children. And, like, mm-hmm. if you watch the movies Pan, Peter Pan, and Hook, it kind of tells that story yeah. where... the
1: Peter Pan from uh, 2000. 2000, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, because, like, Pan is taking place during World War One, mm-hmm. and it's before Peter Pan is Peter Pan, and basically children are being captured by the pirates in the orphanage in the middle of the night, right, during the bombing. So basically what's happening is... The orphanage is being bombed. Those kids are dying. And it's terrifying because it's violent. And those kids are being snatched out of their beds by these scary uh, pirates. pirates who are taking them up to do slave labor. Pan ends, up, Pan ends up going with them. Ends up liberating them. And then he basically takes over the place of the Grim Reaper. We flash forward to peter pan with wendy darling in that story and what's happening there children are dying because they're getting of illness and whatnot right medicine yep,
1: because it's kind of in between <clears throat> world War one and world war two
0: and child mortality rates are still high because you know kids get sick and nobody knows how to really deal well with there's not
1: yeah there's not really you know <clears throat> modern medicine, medicine.
0: Yet. um but and with that i say because like the darling family they sleep with the windows open in the middle of winter right because kids want the windows to be open. Well, of course, they're going to get sick and they're going to die. So the Wending fam, the Darling family goes off with Peter Pan to Neverland. They have their big adventure or whatnot. But they survive their illness and they come back. And that's why they come back at the end. And then Peter goes off. And then you go to Hook. Peter's coming back and forth. till's doing his job as ferrying uh, children to the afterlife, which is Neverland for them. But decides, hey, he's going to stay and wants to grow up. <clears throat> so what happens, we're in a modern medicine time frame and children mortality rates aren't high anymore. So not a lot of children are dying. There's no real need for Peter Pan to do his thing. He's there. And then Hook brings him back because Never- Neverland is Hook's hell and it's heaven for children because Hook yeah. ha- Hook's hate, hates kids. So that's why it balances out that way. And That's why I, I like that theory of Peter Pan being the Grim Reaper and all that. And the ventures that they have with, like, Tiger Lily and the Pirates and all that, those are just all games to Peter and the Lost Boys. But it's being tormented. For Hook, it's him being tormented by them and harassed. Like, Hook loses his hand and Peter feeds it to to the uh, crocodile, crocodile, right? That's him being punished for whatever his...
1: Whatever he did.
0: He did in his his real life. So... It's really interesting um, when you think of Peter Pan that way. And then when like I see a movie like this, it doesn't bother me that they've changed races. Because like, okay, if this is the Darling family and it's in London and it's be- between World War One and World War II, yeah, you're going to have some Indian kids in London. And what's a little white girl in London going to think is exotic? Oh, look, the Indian kid. Yeah. So that's she might be fascinated by that. So she would fantasize that Peter Pan might be an Indian. Tinkerbell being black or not, that doesn't matter. They're fairies. It's a mythical creature. Race doesn't mean anything yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Color skin doesn't um, matter. She could be purple for all we know or care about. For the
0: lost boys, again, if you're going to call them boys, I'm all be boys. If you're going to take out the oh. aspect that Wendy is going to be was brought there to play mother to lost boys and find you can have lost children and whatever genders you want there. It's just weird that like you're forcing diversity into stories that didn't have them and the stories weren't bad or weren't being cruel because they didn't have them. It's just at the, the times it didn't, and when you sit there and say, okay, I'm going to have this guy who, the who's the Grim Reaper for Children who has his own gang of, of his friends, which are all boys, that's nothing wrong with the All Boys Club. It's not being sexist that they didn't include women in the Lost Children and Lost Boys. It was a Lost Boys thing. Boys, have, boys will be boys, girls will be girls. That's how things were back then when they wrote it. It's not any slap on anybody who wants to be gender fluid or anything like that. So, fine, you're going to have women in, or girls in the Lost Boys group, call them lost children, throw out that storyline of Wendy being, playing mother, Mm -hmm. and then that will work. We'll have to see if they do that in this movie. Um, Which is kind of weird, because, like, I like the Peter Pan mythos, but I don't like the Disney versions of it. Yeah. Because, like, the Disney cartoon, which isn't very long, I always thought, felt like it took forever for for that story (laughs) to go. And, like, I guess, like, Tiger Lily was a character, and the Native Americans were just characters there that were were really poorly portrayed and like didn't serve any purpose other than like Tiger Wood's purpose in that world was just to be kidnapped for Peter to save. Yeah, And eventually Peter gets bored to saving her. So he goes and gets grabs Wendy. Wendy. Yeah. So it's not told very well. I like the concept of him being the r- grim reaper for children and how that changes over time with child mor- mor- mortality rates and like how Neverland-, Neverland is hell for, for hook. I think the only like, Real Peter Pan things I really enjoyed have been those movies. And then there was an old school um animated series that used to come on in the morning called Peter Pan. Really old. And it was really weird because Peter Pan was I, like Peter <laughs> Pan wore a brown outfit in that cartoon. And it was just like a it was like a Saturday morning cartoon, but it came on every morning after Power Rangers. And it would be like, Hey, here's a Peter Pan Adventures of Neverland with Peter Pan.
1: I have never heard of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's something that. I, I remember coming on.
1: Is this on. a fever dream? <clears throat> no, this
0: is an old, old cartoon. It was back when Jeez. I was like in fourth grade. This cartoon would come on in oh the morning, and me and my friends God. would watch it before we went to school. Um, but that was like the only other th- th- uh, thing that I liked about that uh, when it comes to Peter Pan uh, media. Okay. Um, I don't know it was done well, because like, it, cause it know, went more into it? the it went more into the mythos of like why the. Uh, crocodile ticks and all that stu- type of stuff uh, about Peter Pan which you mm-hmm. don't get from the book or from uh, any other movies or media on it. Yeah. Um, so I'll see where this one goes. Like I said, the costuming looks terrible. Jude Law looks like he's ill the he's whole time. He's ready to
1: die. <laughs> like,
0: because the weird thing is he has the pirate hat on and it's like more like a colonial hat. Mm-hmm. It's like crooked and one side of his head has like super long hair hanging out of it. It's like nobody's going to wear a hat and have half their hair on one side hanging out and like not on the other. Like, Dustin Hoffman was like a good, like, British Captain Hook who's like, he's gotta look right, look fancy, he had all the prestige. Yes. Even like the fake red carpet down the stairs that they would have.
1: Well, you know, him and Schmee had a thing going. Yeah, that was
0: great that Dustin Hoffman love- and then played it off like that, like him and Schmee were lovers. <laughs> and like that was another great aspect to it is that like here he is in hell having to deal with children, but at least he has his companion yeah, with Shmi. him. And that gives him everything he wants, like, the prestige of, like, the red carpet, like, the look, like, making everything work out. And then his only other thing that Cook wants is to destroy Peter Pan because he's obsessed with it, kind of like uh, Captain Ahab, basically. Yeah. But um, but basically, like I said, we'll have see where that goes. Um, I'm not a fan of what it looks like so far just because it doesn't look good yeah i'll probably check it out just to see where they go with it i don't know if i'll be able to sit all the way through but we'll see what happens
1: again i think it's a movie i don't think they're if they made it into a series i'll be shocked
0: yeah hopefully it's just a movie then it's like maybe an hour and a half to two hours at max yeah um but it would probably just be again a retelling of the of their disney cartoon um, like
1: they've been doing with everything because yeah, at
0: least with like the with like the natives in pan they weren't native americans they were a uh, tribe of people, but, yeah. like, it was made up to, like, cool, there's white people in this tribe. That doesn't bother me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, Whereas, like, oh, hey, they're Native Americans, and they're just painted red skin, and, like, yeah. they serve no purpose other than to constantly be kidnapped. Like, yeah. <laughs> that made no sense. Or for the boys to play cowboys and Indians, I guess. I mean, I think that's where the references are more for in the original Disney cartoon is because boys would play cowboys and Indians, so you had... Indians for them to play against. They had pirates to play against. Whole point is that Neverland was a playground for children, mm-hmm. and it's just be horrible for adults because adults hate kids, or at least <laughs> the ones that do hate kids. So their hell would be sitting stuck having to play pirate and Indian.
1: Is is this with going kids. to be your hell, Ian, when you die? Probably.
0: Who knows? <laughs> well, I'll look a lot better than fucking Jew Law does. That's oh. for fucking sure. Um. But, yeah, we'll have to see what that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's it for this week. Uh, like I said, Mandalorian Final Episodes comes up this week. We'll go over that uh, in our next podcast. Ghost Warrior Tokyo, check it out. Um, what do you think about the Suicide Squad being delayed till February? Do you think it's going to be a good game? Do you think it's going to be a bad game? Are you planning on getting it? Do you
1: it? think it's ever going to come out? <laughs>
0: uh, definitely feel free to skip Shazam, Shazam Fury of the Gods. Shazam, <laughs>
1: whatever yeah. you're calling it.
0: Shazam. There you go. Shazam, yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking of like the uh Shaq movie where he was a genie.
1: Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Watch that instead. <laughs> I would not watch that, dude. That's still terrible. That's like almost as bad it's, as Blank Man.
1: It's shorter though.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> um so yeah, skip the Shazam sequel. The first one is probably the best one. Yeah. Um Zachary Levi has like, like this weird like fake tan thing going on in that movie. Yeah. It looks really weird. It doesn't look natural at all. Yeah. Like if you watch him compare in like Chuck compared to this, it's like yeah he beefed up, but like he got spray tan at the same time. Like why?
1: It was weird. It was definitely yeah. a weird choice. So
0: yeah, I so skip that. Um, we'll see what the DCU comes up with when they uh, release the Flash. Like, I said, we're probably gonna watch that when it streams, not when not in the theater because Ezra Miller is a garbage human being. Yep. Um, and we'll go from there. Uh, yeah so that's our show this week Uh, we'll probably be talking about uh, Jedi Survivor uh, when that comes out in two weeks we'll be talking about that that, once that comes out Uh and whatever else games and movies stuff that we end up watching so uh, we'll see you next week
1: bye